now, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. All right, hey everybody, happy Sunday evening to you people, yeah. All right, who's happy to be here? Are you happy to be here, people? Are you? Are you happy? Are you happy to be here? Yeah, you are. All right, so I want to welcome you to tonight's edition of Bible News Radio. I am your sweet and lovable host. Yeah, I am. Stacy Lynn Harp. Just got a massage, so this is how I look. Sorry, it is what it is. So, here is the thing. Tonight, what we're going to do on the show is we are going to look at the book of Jude. Yeah, we are. We're going to talk about mockers, scoffers, and maybe a little bit about your blessing. Mm-hmm. Bareface is going to be leading this study tonight, so do yourself a favor. Get your Bible out, people. This is my Amplified Study Bible. I love this one. And get ready to dive into God's Word to eat it. As my friend Pam Gillespie says, it's like chocolate. Yeah, it is. It's sweeter than chocolate. In fact, it was Solomon who said the Bible is like sweet honeycomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And if you love the Lord and you want to get to know him better, then the best way to do that is by reading his word and getting into it and shutting off the world and the world system and what the world is telling you to do, you know? Uh, that can be hard because we're in the world, right? But not of it. We are people of the word, though. And if we're going to stand for righteousness in this wicked and perverse generation, then we need to know how to do that, right? With God's word, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay, anyway. So, go ahead and get your Bible. Please share this out. If you're watching the replay, feel free to, um, you know, share that out as well. In fact, if you do, if you tag me on Twitter or Facebook, uh, then that would be awesome. Then I know you did. I can personally say thank you very much for doing that. I would love you forever for that. Okay. Also, the other thing is, if you haven't joined my daily Disciples Facebook group, you can go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Bible News Radio. It's very easy. And it says daily disciples. Ask to join that. I want you to get in there because every single day my team of people is in there reading God's word together. That's what we're doing. Praying and reading God's word. We're trying to be in God's word. We're trying to be engaged with the word of God, right? Because, you know, as a believer, the Lord is your best friend, right? I mean, he knows you. In fact, I was talking to one of my friends uh, in California yesterday um, who has come on the show and and, you know, it was so cool because he called me up uh, because, well, I hadn't talked to him in a long time. And and one of the things he said to me was, he said, isn't it nice? Isn't it sweet to know that God knows you? He knows you. He knows what you're going through. He knows all your cares. He knows your concerns. He knows what you obsess about. He knows what you worry about. He knows where you live. He could send shoes to you in the mail if he felt like it. He did that with Randall and me. 
He knows everything about you and he loves you anyway, in spite of all that evil stuff that we all do, right? He still loves you. And that's, that's what you get when you're reading the word of God. You know, you learn that, that the Lord Jesus loves you. You know, he, he came down from heaven in the most miraculous way. And then he came to earth through a virgin, right? And then there he was, a baby, helpless. He depended on humans to take care of him. If you can think about that, that can actually blow your mind a little bit. Um, but Joseph and Mary parented him very well. He had brothers and sisters. He walked among us. And then eventually he appeared to Israel as their Messiah. Israel rejected him and the Romans and put him on a cross. The Jews did too. They rejected him. And, and basically, after he died, he laid down his life for us on that wooden cross. He was buried in a tomb for three days. And then he rose from the dead. The stone was rolled away. And they went in and they were looking for him. Where is that Jesus? Where did he go? And the angel appeared to Mary and said, He's not here. He has risen. He has risen indeed. And where did he go? Well, he rose from the dead. And then Jesus, what he did was he appeared to all these people. He appeared to the disciples and the apostles. He appeared to the women. He appeared to a group of 500 people all at once. He then hung out for a while, had some meals, did some magic tricks by walking through walls, scaring people. <laughs> And then he commissioned the disciples to go, therefore, out into the whole world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of, of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he went, he established the church, which you can read in the book of Acts. And then after that, he ascended into heaven and the angels declared to those left behind, what are you looking at? For in the same way that he left, he's going to come back again. And you know what, you guys? We are so close to that happening. We are in the end of end days, in my opinion. If you read the book of Jude or, the, or, or Revelation or Daniel in particular, you read any of the Bible and you understand that, that over a third of the Bible is Bible prophecy. And the amazing thing is that, is that it's all come to pass. Everything so far that has been prophesied has come to pass. And those things that haven't yet come to pass, they will like the rapture of the church that's going to come out, like the judgment, the millennial reign of Christ, all this stuff is going to, it will happen. And we get to be a part of it, right? We get to be a part because if we know God's word and we're in the word and, and we're followers of Christ, then we don't have anything to, to fear. We're, we're here. God's going to take care of us. But we have to be, disciples. We have to be daily disciples. We have to be daily in his word, daily. You know, in Luke 9, 23, it says, and he said to all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and let him follow me. We do not serve a God that is telling us to live our best life now because the best is yet to come. We serve a God that tells us to pick up our cross daily, which means crucify that flesh, you know, do things, deny yourself, put him first. Not easy. Not easy. Anybody that sells you this bill of goods that being a Christian is a piece of cake is just selling you a bill of goods. It's not. It's hard. 
but it's worth it. Because in the end, we have eternity forever with the Lord. And so that's the message of this show. We want people to come to follow Christ. And yesterday, uh, Calvary Chapel's uh, Chino Hills um, pastor, Jack Hibbs, uh, shared this morning in his message that they had the privilege of baptizing about a thousand people into Christ yesterday. Can you imagine 1,000 people giving their lives to the Lord and following him in obedience and baptism in California? (laughs) You know that old saying, so goes California, so goes the nation. I think that's awesome. And and if that doesn't bring tears to your eyes, I don't know what will. Um, I think it's an amazing, you know, thing to see a 1,000 people get baptized. How many of them are... Are real believers? We don't know. But you know what? Let's hope they all are. And they grow in the grace and the, the admonition and the love of God's word. And they, they do what they can to live it, you know? To live as Christ, to die as gain is what, what Paul said. And he would know, right? He was a persecutor of the church before he became uh, a follower of Christ. When the Lord said to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Imagine the first words. Hey, Sean and Jonathan, nice to see you. I mean, imagine that, right? I mean, I don't, I don't, wouldn't want that to be God's first words to me. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? <laughs> but the Apostle Paul was converted and we have the New Testament largely in part because of his persecution and being thrown in jail. He wrote all, most of these letters while he was in jail. We have the book of Revelation. John was exiled to the Isle of Patmos and he wrote the book of Revelation, which is, you know, another book the Lord quoted to him and you know we get to see the unfolding of the ages and the end times church and stuff so anyway tonight Randall is going to be finishing are you going to finish Jude or get really close like me Mm, probably closer closer yeah see me and you just gotta just chew it and eat it and and go oh my gosh look at this this is this and so we're gonna talk about Jude so anyway bareface probably through verse 20 anyway uh, I think you'd be far, farther than me then. Yeah. Yeah. So how was your day? Was it good? It was. Went by fast for sure. <sighs> I know. We didn't even really do anything. Well, I didn't. I am got a massage. My neck has been hurting and I have a friend that gives me a, a massage. That's why I look this way. I look like I'm about ready to fall asleep. Why? Because I feel like I should fall asleep. So anyway, so I'm going to hand this over to Bareface. You are. Right. Yeah, jump into it just like that. Just like that. I I had unless you want to say anything else, I can say hi to a couple of people. If anybody is over there saying hi anywhere. (laughs) Wait, I saw I saw on on Periscope. I saw Sean and um, Jonathan and I don't know what's going on over there because now I don't see Sean there. I see. Okay, now I see him. Um, And let's see if there's anybody over on YouTube. I will go ahead and mute that just in case there is. There's three people over there, it looks like. Um, let's see. Um, unless you say hi, yes. we don't know who you are. And then on Facebook. Let's see, we'll go over Facebook. Are Somebody we on Twitch? watching on Twitch. All right. Hey, Twitch person. Cool. Go ahead and say hi on Twitch. That way we can say hi to you with your name. We, we won't call you Twitch person. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Twitch person! It's Twitch person! 
Dun, 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 dun. Oh wait, that's that's, yeah, don't wanna get that's our, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, we don't want to get blocked. Oh, oh yeah, for singing, yeah. <laughs> singing a theme song. Yeah. Um, but you know, just I'm still I really I'm waiting need, for Facebook, so I can't see if anybody's on Facebook yet. But. I really need the time tonight, but I'm gonna use that up anyway. You know, talking about you know being a daily disciple and about picking up our cross daily and about being a being a Christian, not being a Christian, not being easy. Yeah. Anyway, um, no. somehow uh, the last couple of days, the tune Finlandia was in my head. Okay, Phyllis is on Facebook. Hi, Phyllis. Nice to see you, anyway. Phyllis. <laughs> anyway, there was uh, uh, there were German lyrics written to that tune. It's an old tune, anyway, and then English lyrics written to it and and i was familiar with a few of the english lyrics but i really didn't know them mm-hmm. the hymn written to that tune and um they're really spiritually cool. shield yourself from from scoffers you you name it took you long enough to come up with i that. know um okay so but uh even though i'm not really going to talk about scoffers for too long but i just want to read some lyrics from that hymn of course and not scripture but i thought wow this is a this is something i'm like played at my funeral if the lord tarries and i go in a natural way instead of the supernatural one okay but the first verse uh, be still my soul the lord is on your side bear patiently the cross of grief or pain leave to your god to order and provide in every change he faithful will remain Ugh. be still my soul your best your heavenly friend through th- Thorny ways leads to a joyful end. Mm. And then another verse, skipping down to verse 3. Be still, my soul, when dearest friends depart, and all is darkened in the veil of tears. Then shall you better know his love, his heart, who comes to soothe your sorrow and your fears. Mm. Be still, my soul, your Jesus can repay from his own fullness all he takes away. Hmm. and you know which is great you know people who are at a you know memorial service or well or whatever you know to or awake you know to hear that and then the last verse be still my soul the hour is hastening on when we shall be forever with the lord when disappointment grief and shame are gone sorrow forgot love's purest joys restored be still my soul when change and tears are past all safe and blessed. We shall meet at last. Aw. I love that. That's awesome. And put to that wonderful melody, it's it's really nice. Anyway. Nice. So, yeah. So, now that I know what you want played at your funeral, I guess well, I would be the one in charge of that, huh? Yeah. I guess so. Well, hopefully you don't die. Yep. I mean, I will be happy for you if you do, but I will be totally, like, crushed and devastated. If that happens, so yeah, I'm only gonna die once. Yeah. Okay. So I've been born twice. All right. All right. So everybody, thank you for um, coming in and and uh, all that. I hope that you stay and listen to Randall teach us from the Word of God. It's gonna it's gonna bless your heart at will in a good way, not in the Southern way. That's snarky. <laughs> bless your heart, people. Bless your heart. Well, all y'all, uh, we've been uh, in this 
short epistle of Jude for several weeks now. It was your idea, all your idea. I just happened to share a verse a few months back uh, that had stood out to me because it was part of our Daily Disciples reading there in the uh, Daily Disciples Facebook group. If you're not part of that, why not? Uh, plug yourself in. And anyway, half, after sharing some thoughts, a few verses, the uh, consensus of the viewers was to continue in Jude. It's like, all right, so we'll go ahead and do that. So we've been in this journey for a long time, and the so the overall the overarching theme of the book is that you true believers need to be prepared you need to contend earnestly for the faith and again that contend is an athletic term in the same way a professional athlete would um, practice and and prepare for a competition uh, the believers do the same way in the faith the the true faith in messiah in yeshua in in christ jesus that you know with that that blood, that sweat, that tears, uh, uh, preparing uh, for what? Preparing for uh, people that would creep in secretly, you know, under the wire, under the radar, come in and start stirring up stuff, uh, false doctrine and false leaders. And he told us, gave us examples from history what the outcome of those kind of leaders unchecked is whether it's a whole generation dying in the wilderness uh, whether it's cities being destroyed or the whole earth being destroyed with the leadership of the fallen angels uh, you know with with the uh, flood that came in the days of Noah and then he told us a little bit about what motivates them and and um, what's going on, you know, under the surface, and then how to recognize them in ways that they move. And so now Jude is um, finally wrapping it up and describing their, their MO and their your motivation and, and all that kind of thing and how to spot them. He's beginning to turn back to the readers and giving them some instruction. You know, the last thing was contend earnestly for the faith, and he went on to describe these false teachers and false leaders, and then turning back to the audience again, instruction to them. Um, so picking up in verse 17, and as we do that, let's do so prayerfully. Father God, we thank you for your goodness, your grace, your loving kindness, Lord, that you have demonstrated uh, not only through the ages and throughout the scripture, but in our own lives, Lord. And day by day, if we would only look for uh, your hand in our lives, uh, we do pray that as we look into your word, that you would instruct us, uh, give us spirits that are receptive to your spirit, uh, ears to hear, eyes to see, Lord, to receive all that you have for us. This time is yours to use as you will. Lord, to conform us into the image of your own Son, uh, the Messiah Yeshua, Christ Jesus, in whose worthy name we pray. 
All right, turning over to Jude, that little epistle before the book of the Revelation. And verse 17, but you, loved ones, turning back to the audience, ought to remember the words previously proclaimed by the emissaries of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah, how they kept telling you, quote, in the last time there will be scoffers following after their own ungodly desires. So all y'all, you ought to remember the words that were previously proclaimed by, by the apostles, the emissaries, the apostolon, the, the sent forth ones, the ones that were sent out, uh, how they, they kept telling you, not just once or twice, but they kept telling you that in the last time there would be scoffers, or your English translation might say mockers. Um, the idea in the group is those who ridicule. Uh, so in the last time there would be these uh, ridiculers who were following after their own ungodly desires. Check one, two. Stace, could you bring my mic level up just a tiny bit, like one or two clicks? Thank you. Yeah, that that's that's better, I believe. Huh? Hmm? That is full blast now. That's full blast, really? Won't go up any higher. All right. Well, that's okay. I'm surprised that I'm not even speaking loud. I'm not even hitting minus six, but whatever. You're hitting red over here on the on the thing. All right. Well, then turn it down over there. Well, because yeah, you need to have it higher. Well, I don't want it to distort though. If it's if it's in the red zone over there, that's not good. Okay. How's that? If it's in the yellows, that's good. Yellows and orange, whatever. Okay, you're good. All right. Thanks. We'll just go with this. All right, so uh, we have, um, we know uh, in the early church there were these warnings. Uh, we have them uh, recorded for us in Scripture. Uh, for example, in Second Timothy chapter 3, uh, Paul says, Know this also, that in the last days... Uh, perilous times will come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedience to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, meaning lacking self-control, uh, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors. You're like, well, okay, what do you mean the last days? It's been way throughout history. There have been people throughout human history like this, but hold on. High-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. So this is different in the last days than the other time. In the world, there's all there have always been worldly people. There have always been ungodly people in the world doing worldly things, you know, living for the flesh, living for the moment, um, you know, living for themselves. That are all these things. You know, disobedient to parents and truce breakers and false accusers and despisers of what are good. That's always been the case. But what makes it specifically in the last days different is that these are people within the church, you know, with a capital C. They, these are people within the realm of, of Christendom who have a form of godliness, uh, but denying the power thereof. He says, from such, turn away. 
uh, Peter uh, in his second epistle. Something just fell. I don't know what that was. Uh, Peter and his uh, second epistle. I'm just changing the reference here so you know what we're looking at. Boom. I should have prepared a whole bunch of different little um, lower thirds with all the scriptures, but I've got so many that I'm going to be looking at, which is why I probably should have prepared them. Pre-prepared them. Anyway. Um, skipping down to verse 3. He says, Knowing this, uh, Peter writes, that scoffers will come in the last days. Again, walking according to the their own lusts and again that's nothing new as far as worldly thing uh but they'll be walking according to the lesson saying where is the promise promise of his coming for since the fathers fell asleep all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation for this they willfully forget that by the word of god the heavens were of old etc and i could get into that. it's 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 really <laughs> good, powerful verse and things that we see in the world today. But um, but the point of this being the last, what's happened in the last days, that will, he says, will happen in the last days, is that uh, these people have some knowledge of Scripture. And so it's not those that are ignorant of Scripture, completely removed uh, from from church people, or from believers, these are people with, um, as as uh, Paul wrote to Timothy, having a form of godliness, but denying the power of the, thereof. They're like religious people, but you'd never know it from, they don't have a relationship with the Lord. They're living for themselves. And again, that ridicule can take um, the form of scoffing or mocking in several weeks back. I uh, did it define those things how mock mockers are people that set up an inferior um representation of whatever it is and then they belittle that you know oh, the bible's a book of fairy tales and whatever cuz and they'll say all sorts of false things about it and attack it and not attack what the true thing is those are mockers like a, a mock the mock apple pie recipe on the back of a Ritz <laughs> A box of Ritz crackers. It's not real apple pie. It's a simulation. And so mockers will, like a mocking bird that simulates the sounds of other birds, will will set up a a um, a, um, a simile, you know, uh, of something, uh, not the real thing, and attack that an inferior copy of something and attack that in their mind. You know, they'll put forth this thing that really isn't it and attack that and feel better about themselves for the reason for ridiculing it. And scoffers are simply those that will just reject something. They just say, I'm just above that. They don't go to the trouble of setting up an inferior example of what it is they're ridiculing. They just flat out ridicule it and say, you know, that that's for weak minds and, and you know, not sophisticated people like us and and you're stupid to believe that, and and you know they'll flat out you know blaspheme what it is, uh, not that inferior representation, but just flat out 
reject it. All right. So going back to Jude, what? I just got signed out of my notes. I'm going to come back. I got to enter my password again. Isn't that special? Thank you, Google. Um, come on. Helps if I can type. All right, good. My notes are back. Yay. Uh, with that little interruption, just going to see what I may be missing in terms of commentary. And I should probably view the Periscope broadcast so I can see your comments. All right. So, Jude reminding the reader that in the last days... You know, the, the apostles have told us, the emissaries of the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, that, that in the last times there will be scoffers following after their own ungodly desires. And we look at some of those. And a little more definition is these are the ones who cause divisions, worldly-minded, not having the Ruach. This is the Tree of Life version, which interjects some um, Hebrew flavor. Uh, so Ruach is Hebrew for spirit. Uh, these are the ones who cause divisions, worldly-minded, not having the spirit. And so when we think about causing divisions, or at least when I think about causing divisions, I think about a number of things uh, in Scripture. I'm going to close the references that I've already looked at. And one of the first things that comes to my mind is in Proverbs chapter 6. And, um, you know, maybe I'll just do it this way instead of typing this every time. Um, I'll show you the heading up here. We're in Proverbs chapter 6. But skipping down to verse 16, we read, These things, these six things... These six the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. So it starts out there are six things the Lord hates. And that's the number of man. If you follow numbers in the Bible, that's the, just like the, in Revelation, you know, 666 is the number of a man. In six days the earth was created and man was created on the sixth day. Well, in, well all the creation was created. Uh, you know, man was on the sixth day and there are several other things in scripture that point to six being the number of man and seven are seven is the number of perfection or um you know completely filled up so six things the lord hates seven yes seven are an abomination to him so it is a list of six that he hates and to round it out, to make it a perfect list, there are seven things, but not seven things the Lord hates. Seven are an, on a, are an abomination to him. So what is the seventh thing that turns this list and from a list of things the Lord hates to things that are an abomination? And you could even read it as six things the Lord hates Yes, the seventh is an abomination. 
uh, because you see R in here as uh, in italics. The word um, is not um, in the underlying Hebrew. Seven and abomination. So it could mean the seventh thing is abomination. Either the seventh thing which perfects a list turns them into a list of abominations or the seventh is an abomination. Well, let's count them. One, a proud look. Two, a lying tongue. Three, hands that shed innocent blood. Four, a heart that divides wicked plans. Five, feet that are swift and running to evil. Six, a false witness who speaks lies. And number seven, one who sows, sows discord among brethren. And your translation might say among the brethren. It's not so much someone who sows discord, but discord among brethren. So they're either united by blood, their family, or they're united by the blood, you know, the blood of Messiah, the brothers and sisters. Um, and the idea of the people of God being brethren, that's something we see uh, in the Old Testament. I think of um, the psalm, uh, come on, behold how good and how blessed it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. Um, anyway, I can't think of something. Anyway, there's other places uh, where uh, David writes being among the brethren and being in the congregation of believers. So that seventh thing that's an abomination is one who sows discord among brethren. And Psalm 133. Thanks, Stace. <laughs> oh, Sean said that. All right. All right, Sean. Quick on the, uh, quick on the uh, scripture there. Um, so, you know, this idea of sowing discord among brethren is, uh, makes the abomination, the seventh is an abomination to the Lord. And, and so that's a pretty serious thing, causing division. And we see that, uh, certainly in the church today. Sometimes it's over what material is on the pews or what color the carpet is, but, um, there are often doctrinal issues, or, or not necessarily doctrinal issues, but um, issues of teaching. Um, I mean, there are some essentials um, of the holy Christian faith. Uh, then there are some that are um, have less of an establishment. We're going to get to one of those. We're getting to that. Wow. Um, I shouldn't take my, my my time earlier, but uh, pressing on. We're going to get to one of those that is often a dividing thing that is a division among the brethren that I don't think ought to be. Um, uh, in Romans chapter 16, uh, verse 17, um, we're in Romans chapter 16, uh, going to verse 17 on um, the heading here avoid divisive persons Paul writes for I urge you brethren note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them for those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ but their own belly 
and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. Now, you don't want to be simple. There's one, there are those who cause divisions and offenses that are contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and that would be the Lord, you know, buried, you know, died, buried, and resurrected. Um, you know, that grace is by faith alone, uh, by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone, you know, the doctrine uh, which the apostles delivered. There are those who cause divisions, contrary to that doctrine. He says, avoid those people. He says, they don't serve the Lord Jesus Christ. They serve their own belly. They're all about their own appetites. And by smooth words and flattering speech, they deceive the hearts of the simple. And you might be thinking, well, simple-minded, you know. Uh, just, yeah, people who are easily persuaded, and I'm not one of those. But the word there for simple, maybe your English translation has it, is translated as innocent. Uh, the idea is uh, those uh, who have no harm or motives of harm, uh, literally is what it means. It's akakos, um, um, and the Greek word um, means, kakos um, uh, means, it's not the... Mexican word, or the Spanish word, um, it's, it means harm, um, you know, having, um, uh, having ill, ill motives, motives for harm, as someone who's, who's harmful, and ah is the negation of that, so someone without that, who doesn't have those, uh, motives of harm, well, you want to be that person, but, um, often in usage, it's speaking to that person as innocent. We want to be innocent, but naive. Innocence from a place of knowledge. It's not big. It's not uh, on the basis of motive that that these um, people causing division, um, you know, by smooth, smooth words and flattering speech, deceive. They don't deceive people who are just good-natured and uh, are are innocent in the sense of they're not harmful people. Uh, how is how can those people be deceived? Uh, is by smooth words and flattering speech they deceive the hearts of the simple here, being being the naive, the ones who really don't bet know better. Like like a child, they are innocent because. You know, we talk about pure as the driven snow and, you know, the innocence of a child uh, because they haven't been subjected um, to the ways of the world and the schemes of the devil so much. So, uh, not that we need to uh, indulge in the flesh to know about those things, but we need to uh, be aware of those things. That goes back to Jude uh, talking about uh, you know, contend for the faith, like that professional athlete, like they know their sport, whatever it is. I mean, they, they know the ins and the outs of it, and through blood and sweat and tears, you know, they're, they're ready for competition, uh, such as ought to be the, the way of the believer, uh, that the way we end up not being simple, 
that we're deceived by smooth words and flattering speech is that we've been contending for the faith and and we we won't be um deceived by those smooth words and flattering speech because all the other things listed in jude uh, we know the outcome of these folks we know we know what motivates them we've been given some things to recognize them and how they operate uh so those who cause divisions and offenses contrary uh to sound doctrine that uh paul warns about to the romans in chapter 16 or chapter 6 rather no it's 16 uh 16 that we're not going to be um simple we're not naive we're not going to be taken by surprise we're not going to be deceived by smooth speech and flattering words uh because we're the wiser we will have been contending earnestly for the faith all right um so uh jude says you know these are the ones who cause divisions worldly minded not having the spirit um you know the the goals and the payoff they speak are worldly things uh, they don't have the spirit. They're not seeking internal things, things of the spirit. Um, and people generally causing divisions, it's not for um, it's not for the good of the body. It's not for the good of the rest of the church. Uh, it's because of what they want and what they want to get out of it. Now there are times if if a if at the top the leadership of the church is uh is heretical and going the wrong way and and the leadership will not correct it then yeah then uh we just need to get out just get out of that and go find somewhere else where where the leadership is is you know teaching the word of god line upon line precept upon precept and um yeah, so rather than causing division there, we separate ourselves and get away from that. We avoid those, Paul says. Uh, avoid them who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine you've learned. Um, so, going back to Jude. Uh, verse 20, he says, But you, loved ones, one reading this, continue building yourselves up on your most holy faith. And it's not in your most holy faith, it's on your most holy faith. And hopefully your English translation um, translates that on. Uh, there are things we can do in the faith, but building... The faith is the faith. Our most holy faith is faith that we placed in Messiah Yeshua. And we can build upon that. Um, as Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Um, in fact, in that passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, um, 
he tells the reader, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. He says, I've laid this foundation, which is, which he tells you, which which is Jesus Christ, and it's faith in him. And there's different ways that we can build on that. Um, uh, things with precious stones, gold, gold, silver, precious stones, or stones, either wood, hay, and straw. Basically, what we do with that foundation, what we do with Christ. Um, and I'm not going to read that whole passage. I, I, I encourage you to do that, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. But this idea of building on, building ourselves up on, that that's, this foundation has been laid, which is Christ, and putting our faith in him. But then it's not one and done. Okay, I've prayed the sinner's prayer. You know, I've confessed my sins and received him as my Lord and Savior. That's it. We're done. No, we're to build ourselves, build ourselves up on that faith, build upon that, go from there. Um, in Second Peter, chapter one, um, verse five, Peter says, "For this, but also for this very reason, the reason that he gives above, that basically that the faith has been given what." God has done for us in Christ and that we have all these great and precious promises and that we can escape um, the corruption that's in the world through lust. He says, for this very reason, giving all diligence, kind of like contending earnestly for the faith. He says, add to your faith virtue or goodness, or that speaks of character, you know, uh, virtuous character to virtue knowledge to knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and brotherly, and to brotherly kindness, love. Um, but it starts with that faith. If you don't have faith um, in the Lord, Jesus Christ, in Messiah, Yeshua, then, well, as as Matthew put it, <laughs> well, as, as Matthew wrote, the Lord himself, Yeshua, Jesus, Matthew chapter 7, uh, verse 24. Therefore, whoever, whoever hears these words of mine and does them, I will like him, like, liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Uh, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, he will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house. And it fell, and great was its fall. The same circumstances come, the floods come, the winds blow, the, they beat. That's, you know, that, that is life. Uh, that's life on earth. Um... That is this mortal life we live that's living in this world. The, the rains descend, the floods came, the winds blow and, and beat on us. But the difference is whether we're founded on the rock or, or not. It's like building our house on the sand. Whatever else it is, as Paul wrote, there's no other foundation that can be laid than that 
which has been laid, and that is Jesus Christ. Anything else you build your life on is like building your life on sand, whatever that might be. And it doesn't matter, fill in the blank. It can be anything other than Christ, anything other than Messiah, and it's building your house, uh, it's building your life on sand. All other ground is sinking sand, says the old hymn. On Christ's solid rock I stand. All, all other ground is shifting sand. Um, so, <laughs> the, the apostles, you know, um, Paul talking about that, building upon that foundation. Peter saying, add to your faith. It starts with faith. Um, I just came to mind right now. Um, uh, Hebrews, the writer saying, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must first believe that he is. Duh, you can't come to a God that you don't believe exists. If you come to a God that you don't believe exists, it's not, it's not the true and living God. It's one of your imagination. Uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's impossible to please God, for he who comes to God must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If you don't believe that God will reward you for seeking him, that's that's not operating in faith. That's not pleasing to God. So without faith, it's impossible to please God, but that's the starting place. Believing that he is, believing that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so that's why Peter writes in his second epistle, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, etc. It begins with faith. And Jude uh, telling the reader, continue building yourselves up on your most holy faith it's it's not a one and done um just like peter was saying uh you know adding to your faith a jew is saying continue to build yourselves up on your most holy faith it's not i've made this confession you know prayed that prayer i'm done continue building yourselves up growing in the in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, Peter says elsewhere. And as we're doing that, Peter, or Jude tells us, or Jude tells us, he says, praying in the Ruach HaKadosh, the, in the Holy Spirit, praying in the Holy Spirit. So you loved ones, continue building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So what does it mean to pray in the Holy Spirit? Well, we're not giving much to go by in the scriptures. Uh, Paul gives us uh, a similar uh, a similar instruction in Ephesians chapter 6. Um, Paul writes about putting on the whole armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of, of the darkness of this age, 
against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Um, and so he tells us to take the whole armor, which, uh, rather than go through that piece by piece, which I'd love to do, uh, the belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, sandals, basically the gospel of peace and shield of faith. Verse 18, praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Uh, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. So Paul says to, you know, with all praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Um, and, and then we have this um, passage in Jude where we're told praying in the Holy Spirit. Um, so some would say that Praying in the Holy Spirit means praying in, in a spiritual tongue or, or praying in tongues or, you know, uh, that. Just praying in an unknown language or a heavenly language and that's what praying in the Spirit means. Well, let's consider that. Paul writes to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He tells us, well, let's pick it up in verse 1. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I, don't, I do not want you to be ignorant. Um, you know, I'm, I was wondering whether I should skip on, but why not? Uh, you know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the one who um, works in us. No one can say Jesus is Lord. No one makes that confession of faith we talked about earlier except by the Holy Spirit. So that's the Holy Spirit. And Jesus told us about the sending his Holy Spirit that would uh, uh, lead us into truth. He says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the, man, but the manife manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. Or to another, kinds of tongues. Uh, to another, interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So those gifts of the Spirit being... Um, distributed as he wills um, to one this, to one that, and not everyone getting the same gift, um, not at the same time, it's for the building up of the body. So tongues being listed in there is not something that everybody is going to receive, and certainly not at every time. Uh, there's this distribution, and the 
the spirit, even though the same spirit working in order as just the body. And Paul later in that chapter um, um, gives an, th this analogy, compares the body of Christ to a human body that we have different. We have different you know, organs. We have ears and eyes and nose. They all perform something different function, but that doesn't mean they're not part of the body or none of them is better than the other but just because of the function they perform. And so the same thing. He says, you know, as the spirit is working different gifts among the people of the body of Christ, that's not any reason to boast that I had this gift and this person doesn't. You just just another part of the body working to the good of the entire body. And so there are these gifts of the Spirit, these diverse gifts of the Spirit, uh, working in individuals to build up the whole. So, tongues is not a gift that everyone has at all times. and But it's, it's one of these gifts that's very, um, I don't know... Um, I don't want to say showy, but you know, it was easily recognizable. Whereas a you know a gift of helps is you know not all that glamorous. Whereas you know a gift of tongues, it's like it's something easily recognizable. And so, um, and so obviously, um, I'm going to say obviously from two chapters later, uh, there was an issue with this. People seeing some gifts is better than the others. And if you, and, and we should have looked at chapter 13, but, um, you know, Paul was saying, if I have speak with tongues of, of men and of angels, but have not love, he's saying love is the more excellent way, but above all, I have love. And so going into what we call chapter 14, of course, that division is not there when Paul wrote the letter. He didn't say chapter 14. No, it's just one continuous letter. When you read chapter 13, well, 12 and 13 and 14, you get the whole flow of thing. So the love chapter, chapter 13, that love is patient, love is kind. Paul says to earnestly pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts. So spiritual gifts aren't something to be pursued. They're something to be desired because we can't, we're not going to, it's not something we can go to the Holy Spirit store and, and I'm going to buy one of these or I'm going to trade my this for that. I'm going to trade my gift of uh, um, encouragement, you know, for a gift of tongues or I'm going to, I'm going to trade my gift of, um, uh, you know, healing for discerning the spirits or I'm... I'm tired of speaking in tongues. I want to interpret tongues now. So I'm going to go trade that in. Uh, no, the, the Holy Spirit distributes as he wills. It's not something that you know we can make demands of. So earnestly desire spiritual gifts, but earnestly pursue love. Love is something we can grow in, something we can pursue. Spiritual gifts is something we simply desire, you know, as that the Lord would use in a certain way. And he says, especially when you're desiring spiritual gifts, desire that you might prophesy. 
He says, for the one speaking in tongue speaks to men, not to men, but to God. For no one hears, but in the spirit he utters mysteries. Uh, but the one prophesying speaks to men for edification and encouragement and consolation. The one speaking in a tongue edifies himself, but the one prophesying edifies the church. It says, now I, I desire you all to speak in tongues, but rather that you would prophesy. And just as a side note, those who would make speaking in tongues as an evidence of salvation, uh, Paul is saying that, I desire you to speak in tongues, like I earnestly desire spiritual gifts, but pursue love. It's like, well, I, I desire you to be saved, but I'd rather you prophesy. I'd rather you do something for the good of the church rather than something that would save your soul. Um, that, <laughs> or, you know, I'm, that would, you know, that seems, well, not, it isn't, it isn't consistent. The same Paul who said he would he himself be willing to give up his own salvation if his own his own kinsmen according to the flesh the Jews could be saved if they could all be saved he said I hey I'd be willing to give up my own salvation for that Romans chapter nine but here in First Corinthians chapter fourteen he says I I desire you all to speak in tongues but I'd rather you would prophesy uh, that's more important because the one prophesying is greater than the one speaking in tongues unless he should interpret. Because, you know, he's saying these gifts are for the edification, the building up of the church. And however the Holy Spirit distributes them. And so if you happen to have the gift of tongues in congregation, it's probably best not to say anything unless, you know, there's someone who has a gift of interpretation. Otherwise, who's edified by that? No one knows what you said. Anyway, you can go read 1 Corinthians chapter 14. This is, an, uh, this is a study on Jude. Not in 1 Corinthians or the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But it, getting back to Jude, he instructs the reader, instructs us reading. He says, continue building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So what does it mean to pray in the Holy Spirit? Well, we can be we can say with some pretty, you know, we can say fairly confidently that it does not mean praying in an unknown language because that happens, that is by distribution of the Holy Spirit, however he wills, not something we can pursue, 1 Corinthians 14, something we can desire uh, but not pursue. It's not something that we can uh, lay claim to as you know, as, as, do, you know, due to us, um, we can desire that God would use us in that way, that we would receive that gift, and he might give it at some season, and he may not give it at another season. It's as, as he wills, as he sees fit for the building of the body. So, going back to First Corinthians chapter 12, you know, diff same spirit, different gifts distributed differently to this one this to that one that to another that so so praying in the holy spirit that means praying in an unknown tongue or a spiritual language something that not everyone is gifted with it doesn't seem would be fair of jude to give that as an instruction praying the spirit when when you know 
if and when you're given that spiritual gift. That seems inconsistent, especially in along lines of continue building yourselves up on your most holy faith. You, the faith that's been laid, build yourself up on that. You know, contenders for the faith, pray, praying in the spirit. You know, the others are something you can do of your own volition and uh, discipline, being a disciple, uh, spiritual discipline. Uh, praying in an unknown language or a heavenly language is not something uh, you can do of your own volition and on demand. Uh, that's something of given Holy Spirit. So it probably doesn't mean that. Praying in the Holy Spirit probably doesn't mean praying in tongues. Um, so what does it mean? Well, like I say, we've only got these few examples. 1 Corinthians 14, Paul talks about... Um, um, well, he doesn't really talk about praying in the Spirit, praying in the Holy Spirit. He talks about praying in the Spirit. Um, and then he also gives the instructions uh, in putting on the whole armor, whole armor of God to pray, praying always in the Spirit. And again, an instruction, which is different than 1 Corinthians 14, which when he describes different things in, in gifts of the Spirit. So, I'm, I'm believing, and I could be wrong, the Lord will correct me if I am wrong, I believe. I believe the Lord will correct me if I'm wrong. My understanding is praying in the Spirit means, um, praying in the Holy Spirit specifically, um, Jude says, he says, praying in the Holy Spirit, there um not to be confused with any other spirit our own spirit or or a demonic spirit praying the holy spirit is praying in those things that are directed by him directed by the holy spirit uh, romans chapter 8 uh, paul writes that no one knows the mind of man except the spirit of man and likewise no one knows the mind of god except the spirit of god and he talks about the spirit interceding for us sometimes when we don't know how to pray as we ought to and i'm it's after the hour that's when i'm bringing on the screen but trust me you can go read it don't trust anything i say um read the scriptures that i mentioned so there in Romans chapter 8 talks about the Spirit interceding for us and we don't know how to pray as we ought to. And so my understanding that praying in the Spirit, just like uh, Yeshua Jesus told his disciples, that when he sends the Holy Spirit, the Spirit would stir up, remind them of the things that he said, uh, lead them into truth, uh, convict uh, of the world. He would, well, let's, let's look at that. Um, so I don't, misquote it or butcher it here um uh, john chapter 15 we're actually Chapter 14. So you get thing like 
Um, right. Okay. Bear with me. Let me put in meter view so the text is larger. Let's pick it up in um, verse 16. Yeshua, Jesus speaking here. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you to the age, or the end of the age. Uh, the Spirit of truth, whom the world is not able to receive, because it does not see him or, nor know, but you know him, for he abides with you, and he will be in you. At that time he was abiding with them, the disciples, but future he would be in them, because he talked after his ascension that he would give another helper, that he would send the Spirit. He says, I will not leave you as orphans, I am coming to you. Yet a little while the world sees me no more, but you see me, because I live, you also will live. And that day you will know that I am my Father, I, I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. The one having my commandments and keeping them, he is the one loving me. Now the one loving me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and I will show myself to him. And so Judas, not a scare, it says, Lord, then what has occurred? What are you about to manifest yourself to, your, yourself to us, not the world? Basically, says that... And this is interesting. He says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him and we will come to him and make a home with him. The one not loving me does not keep my words and the word that you hear is not mine, but the father having sent me. Anyway, but he, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and he will bring to your remembrance all things I have said to you. And he's leaving this peace uh, um, with us, not as the world gives, uh, but uh, as he gives um, through the spiritual presence of God, the Holy Spirit of God. Anyway, so teaches, uh, he teaches and brings to remembrance. So uh, we looked earlier at Ephesians chapter 6. He says, um, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So sort of the spirit being known as the word of God. So the, the you know, the, the written word of God is the sword of the spirit. So praying in the spirit to me seems to, you know, be praying according to the will of God, according to as the spirit reveals and leads. Um, and I think it's a really good thing to pray scripture you know, a scripture comes to mind as the Holy Spirit brings scripture to your mind to pray things according to the Spirit, His promises, uh, things that are true about God, to pray those things. Because, you, because John tells us in his, uh, in his epistle that uh, if we ask anything in his first epistle, actually, if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. I believe that's First John chapter 5. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And how do we know that it's according to his will? Well, if there's things recorded in the scripture, recorded as his will, we know that's his will. So we can know that we have the requests that we ask of. Um, 
mine according to his will. Uh, by contrast, James writes in his epistle, um, he says, you have not because you ask not, and you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. You ask for things that you can spend them on your own lust. You know, give me this, give me that. You know, Morgan, was it Morgan Cryer, I believe? Back in the 80s, had a song, Christian Radio. Um, he says, I could have the artist wrong, but give me this, give me that. Um, uh, grant me, Lord, I pray. Give me what I think I need to make it through the day. Um, I want this, I want that. Is there anything I missed on my never-ending shopping list? That, that sometimes the way, you know, a carnal believer will come to the Lord. Well, bless me, give me this, give me that. And this, I want this to work out. I want this to go my way. That's not praying in the Spirit. Uh, praying in the Spirit would be according to His will. Um, praying the things that He would lead us to pray about. Um, as Paul mentions in Ephesians chapter 6, when he talks about praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, he says, he says, you know, being, being watchful, whoops, uh, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and so supplication for all the saints. It, it's not me centered, it's the other saints, others centered, uh, uh, for the perseverance that they would hold up, you know, that they would not give up, for, and supplication for their supply of the saints, for what they need for other believers. And he says, and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, uh, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And that's all in the sentence, all connected to this thought of praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Um, and that would be according to the Spirit, to, to pray for the perseverance and supplication of the saints. You know, that those who are the evangelists, those who are sharing the gospel, you know, they may speak boldly. Um etc. That, I think, is praying in the Spirit. So Jude tells us, But you, loved ones, continue building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Make sure that faith is established. That's the foundation which you build. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Ruach HaKodesh. Um, keep yourselves in the love of God, eagerly waiting for the mercy of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, that leads to eternal life. And uh, I want to do that justice. Um, um, yeah, there's just a few more verses here, 21 through 23, that finish off these instructions, and then at the end uh, ends up with, with a hymn, basically, a uh, dedication to God, uh, an encouraging hymn. But those uh, 21, 20, 20, 21 through 23, I don't want to rush through those because um, they're good stuff, and I've got other stuff to do tonight. So, uh, three, 
what's happening YouTube. People are awfully quiet. I hope that's a good thing. Person on Twitch, and I don't know how Periscope didn't tell me. I see these people out there on YouTube. Anyway. So. Keep building yourselves up on your holy faith. Uh, pray in the Spirit. Pray as the Spirit would lead you to pray. Uh, for the perseverance of the saints. Uh, for their supplication. Uh, for the gospel to go out boldly. And uh, maybe we be the ones to boldly proclaim the gospel. Lord bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you, lift up his countenance upon you, give you peace. And yeah, let's be bold, people. Stand up and go with God because he loves you. Good night. Goodbye.